We have to hurry. Come on! I will sing you the song of my people. Boom, boom, akalakalaka boom. Boom, boom, akalaka boom, boom. Boom, boom, akalakalaka boom. Boom, boom, akalaka boom, boom. Open the door, set on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. Open the door, set on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. It wasn't now that this 40 million years ago, I lit a cigarette. Built up a monkey start to go. The sun was spitting fire. The sky was blue as ice. I felt a little tired, so I watched my army boys. I walked the dinosaur. Roar! Roar! Brothers, <laughs> breathe deep and seek peace. Fly high, gentlemen. Roar. <laughs> <laughs> They do move in herds. Vern is uh, portraying one of the non-verbal dinosaurs of Dinotopia, uh, whereas Justin and I can talk for some reason. Right, uh, it, that, in a way that is not explained, as is much of the <laughs> film. Uh, and also, is... uh, it's also very, speaking of how we're all communicating, it's very important to know that I am very clearly A.D. Arden after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Um, you... Uh, are ADR'd in after the fact. I am delivering all of my lines in a sort of cool monotone, no matter how angry I'm supposed to be. See, I'm speaking through a very expensive Henson puppet that they can only afford to use in three shots. Mm. (laughs) We've all gathered our little uh, Allosaurus puppets, and and we have been assigned our familiars, and we, in this monthly installment of Movies for Babies, uh, are just violating the title of this show uh, in a mini-series for babies as we cover... The 2002 Walt Disney Pictures slash Hallmark Channel joint, (laughs) Dinotopia. So, guys, I feel like the fact that this is a Hallmark (laughs) production is just kind of further proof that true art can never flourish under capitalism. Because remember when Hallmark would do, like, big fantasy epics? And then now do only Christmas movies? I mean, J-Man, that's where the money's at. You know, they the, the Hallmark Channel business model, on the back, they used to sell some fucking greeting cards, but that shit's old news. Now, right. you spend like $500,000 filming a Christmas movie in two weeks. You can run that motherfucker annually until the end of time. There is a hard and fast formula if you pull up, like, a list of Hallmark Channel posters of one of them is wearing red, one of them is wearing green, the man is mm, ten years older than the woman, uh, and it, it's, a, it's a hard and fast formula, baby. We live or we mm-hmm. die by the Hallmark Channel Christmas movie uh, formula. I'm, I'm, I've, I've written a Christmas movie, and I'm very proud of it, and one of the hardest things about proceeding is finding a title of a Christmas movie that has not been taken. And majority of them have been taken by Hallmark. Uh, but only within the past five years. Yes, yes. Right. Um, but, uh, but Vern, the secret is most Christmas movies don't have a particularly 
Christmas ringing title, at least like the evergreen classics. Of course, there are exceptions. You have Santa Claus with an E, and no, we will not go off on a big Santa Claus riff for the second one of these in a row. Well, no, you've got um, Christmas you, with the Cranks. Uh, not a classic, I would say, of the I, Tim Allen li- Christmas hey, movies. Listen, I don't know Tim about Allen how you Gentiles Christmas celebrate Christmas, <laughs> but in my Jewish household, we celebrated Christmas by watching John Grisham's Christmas with the Cranks. I don't know how you filthy wasps ring in the new year, uh, but I we we gather around. But most most Christmas movies have Home Alone, Die Hard, It's a Wonderful Life. Those are not particularly Yuletide. The you you Good fall point. into a you fall into a hole when you start calling shit like mistletoe exclamation point mm-hmm. uh, uh, although i don't know if that one's taken you might want to you might want to snatch that up tm okay. tm tm <laughs> uh my favorite one uh i my uh, my the family i married into is a big uh hallmark christmas movie family and uh and my favorite one that i've i've not seen not that i've seen the movie but my favorite uh hallmark christmas movie title i've seen is of course holiday in handcuffs uh, implying oh, someone gets arrested boy. on Christmas. I can see the t- the poster. You don't have to ex- describe it to me at all. I just I got, know it. I got a a visceral vision of the the poster as if it was shot into my fucking neural <laughs> cortex when you said the title of that movie. Because that's not a good Christmas present. Spinning it no. in the hooskow. Come on. <laughs> I hate when I have to spend Christmas in a gulag. <laughs> so, Justin, I am curious. Perhaps you know, you seem to know a little bit more about this than I do. Can you tell me some of Hallmark Channel's other big fantasy offerings? I, I don't know if I'm familiar. Well, their their other major uh, their uh, um, their other major production was actually The Wizard of Earthsea. Like, wait, hold up. By the, Ursula K. Le Guin. The same thing that Tales from Earthsea, the Ghibli movie, comes from? Exactly. The exact okay. same source from material. Okay. What the fuck? Like, like one of the best fantasy books uh, written with explicitly non-white characters. Like, the protagonist yeah. is explicitly not white. And yeah, boy, did that is, get uh... lost in translation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have. I just, when I heard Hallmark Channel production, I did have sort of the same visceral reaction uh, that I had uh, when I turned on Dinotopia, and it was just honkies, honkies everywhere. And we were we were drowning in whiteies. Well, no, no, you have the one black military leader. Yeah, you have the sky ca- Best character on the whole show is the, the leader of the, the Skybex writers. Um, best character in the whole show essentially interchangeable with a character from the Star Wars prequels. I don't know if you two had this same... Guys, the costumes (laughs) in this movie look like a community college's staging of The Phantom Menace. You know, uh, uh, this was the... I take that back. Uh, uh, With the exception of Artemis uh, Bowel, uh, my wife has watched uh, every single one of these with me, and the one thing that my wife really, like, railed on this movie against was the uh, was the costuming it uh and she hated the uh the overabundance of patterns and and you're right it does have one of 
it, it has that kind of like community theater kind of feel to it, despite it being a thing that was co-produced by Walt Disney Pictures. If I may dunk on your wife, just like real quick. <laughs> one one of the things I did really like about this miniseries was the costuming, but it was really one specific element of the costuming, which is that Dinotopia, which is, of course, a, a lost island society where human and dinosaur live side by side in peace and harmony. One of the one of the facets of this movie is that the population of Dinotopia is derived from those who are shipwrecked or plane crashed. Exactly. It's and basically a cargo cult society. It's a cargo cult, but what I loved about the costuming of specifically the background characters was that there was this incredible mishmash of styles and time periods. Right. Which paints this portrait of, you know, we you had some Italian monks crash here, and there are still, like, folks that carry on the Italian monk uh, uh, wardrobe. There were moors. Yeah. There were... Uh, you know, the mayor, who was, of course, but Dr. I am Pagliacci. Yeah. Like, you had these these mismatch of time period garb that I liked as this cultural quilt yeah. of uh, lost and vacant societies. In, like, de- in defense of my wife... Uh, <laughs> How dare you defend I'm, your wife, No, Aaron? she's been dunked on, dude. I'm uh, sorry. Your wife defense is fucking of my wife. owned... Uh, she did not come in until partway through the first of three uh, episodes mm. of Dinotopia. So she missed um, all the important context. Um, but right. also... Your wife's uh, a fake fan, Vern. She's uh, a fake geek. She doesn't know the Dinotopian lore. <laughs> she doesn't, does your wife know the ten creeds of Dinotopia? <laughs> My wife does not, but also I watched it all and I don't know the ten creeds of Dinotopia. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but also, well, no, guys, uh, I, I don't know. We have to be careful. Reciting the ten creeds of the Dinotopia is how you get it into the Proud Boys. Now, <laughs> I will say uh, there is one other person who who dunked on my wife, and I did send them a uh, a letter on my birthday telling them that uh, uh, they're an asshole in so many words. Um, oh, but geez. the 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 thing is, like, I, I get what you're saying, Kevin, but like. In a in a in a place where all these people can work together to build the most amazing structures you've ever seen in your life, like they've got to have a sewing machine there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they had a loom. Each each uh, culture uh, kept a loom, uh, so you could keep these styles alive. I don't know. I I, well, no, I liked no. it. Here's um, the, the guys. Here's the problem. In Dinotopia, all of the, all of the clothing is made by Velociraptors, and they're oh, colorblind, so they don't oh. understand people fashion. Mm. So they can yeah, open yeah, a door, yeah, yeah. but they can't operate a a singer sewing machine. But they can't match patterns. I see. That's right. That's right. I, uh, okay. That checks out. That makes sense. Uh, folks, folks, maybe it's just the fact that we are entering month five of U.S. quarantine, but I'm, I'm watching Dinotopia this week in three discrete sittings because this is a mini series of three episodes. And I'm looking at this beautiful island society made up of 
free knowledge and hot vegetarians living side by side with dinosaurs. And I'm booking a little bush plane trip so I might land on fucking Dinotopia. I am... Ship me in a crate right to Dinotopia. Dinotopia is the future threat liberals threaten us with. Yes, this this is the future liberals want. Free information, no meat packaging industry. Uh, admittedly, you know, still a corrupt government. Honestly, I think in human society that might be unavoidable. But I'd argue not corrupt as much as just incompetent. Incompetent. It's a classic to speak again of the Star Wars prequels, which Dinotopia is a uh, a peer of. Came out, I think, the same year as Attack of the Clones. Certainly is, an echo. It is the same government bloviation that would come to doom the the Grand Republic. Uh, that would that would come to to uh, usher in a Palpatine. I fear that mm-hmm. after Mayor What's His Face is out of power, Dinotopia Mayor Waldo. Yes, Mayor Waldo. I don't know that they said his name until the third installment of Dinotopia, and. Uh, I had a. No, they only no. They say it once oh, in the okay. first episode, and they never say it again. Um, because he's just father. Uh, for the second episode, I remember they do, they do say it at one point in the third because uh, there is a lengthy Mayor Waldo riff I went on purely just to keep my sanity. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was something like we have to find Mayor Waldo, and it was something like. Yeah, you'd think he would stand out because of his red and white stripes, but he likes to hang around red and white umbrellas, so uh, it's some sort of bit like that. It was a lot funnier in the moment, but also... No, it, it doesn't help that he has a red and white dinosaur that he hangs yes, out with. Uh, uh, but also, at hour four into four and a half hours of Dinotopia, <laughs> a Geico commercial that popped in just really got me. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, and yeah, my my ads were mostly State Farm, where I uh, got to see someone that I was in an intro to literature class with in school be Jake from State Farm, and here oh. I was watching four, three episodes of Dinotopia in preparation for my podcast. So if that's not so, if if anyone's demoralized, it's me. No, no, looking you don't understand, at Jake guys. From State so Farm. I fucked up in watching this. Because it turns out they edited down the miniseries into a two and a half hour movie. Did they? Still too long. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and I watched it on a service called Film Rise. That doesn't sound real. Film Rise is a free uh, video and you and TV streaming service on Roku, and it you know ha- and you know it has all where they basically took. The DVD bin you'd get at a Menards or a local grocery store. <laughs> the, 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 Menards. The, the $4 uh, DVD bin at Hy-Vee is, is what is sucked hey, Right, right. So, you know, they have great, okay. like Blood Monkey I, and uh, <laughs> The Greatest American Hero. I will okay. say, uh, in, a, in, a, in a factoid that is real... And also, uh, mind-blowing, uh, before we upgraded and got the criterion of this movie, uh, the copy of Bottle Rocket I had was obtained at Menards. No, I, I, no shade at, no real shade at Menards. Menards is a genuinely good store. You can save big money there. 
I listen. Everything is, big is at Menards. It is common knowledge that you can save a lot of money at Menards. Okay, so oh, yeah. I, I mean, I I am I am not here to mock grocery store DVD bins. I would say a huge chunk of my home video collection was built on grocery store DVD bins. I like, found. My copy of Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans was found at a grocery store. Or not at a grocery store, at a gas station. So, my, you know, you can, my, you can find diamonds in the rough out there. My copies of Broadcast News and The Philadelphia Story, two of the greatest romantic comedies of all time, were indeed obtained in a $4 DVD bin at a high V. So I will hear no... <laughs> Ill will. I will. I. You will hear me not say one disparaging word against those DVD sets. My history no. instructor found a copy of La Dolce Vita at a Walmart. So <laughs> that's a real story. I was. Uh, I was at a quick trip in Tempe, and I found uh, a a copy of Il Vita Loni. <laughs> I was. Just, <laughs> oh my god. Hey, did you guys know you could get bicycle thieves at Target? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've had a lot of fun here today. But let's... Yes. Anyway, so so I had to rewatch the uh, so after watching the movie, I had Di- to watch the entire oh, miniseries oh. in the twenty four hours up to this recording. Oh my god. So you but both I did find it on an actual licensed YouTube channel. Okay, cuz I watched it uh Amazon Prime through a service called IMDb TV. Yeah. Um it indeed was streaming all three episodes of Dinotopia free with ads um in a perfectly legal form. So that is how I watched it. So you both watched all of Dinotopia yesterday. So here's the thing, though. I knew it was a miniseries. I had, first off, prior to meeting you, not even prior to meeting you two, prior to a month ago, I'd never heard of Dinotopia. Um, but I which knew is it just was, sad. Uh, which I, but I had knew from talking to you guys that it was a miniseries. But somewhere in that discussion, the phrase like the number one hour and thirty minutes got thrown together, and my brain internalized it as. It is a mini mini series. There are three episodes that are thirty minutes altogether. It's an hour and thirty minutes, and Ooh. I thought, well, I will treat it like a movie and watch it as a movie in one go. And <laughs> let me tell you. So, so okay. So here's the thing: the structure and pacing of Dinotopia is very interesting because there really isn't any. It's like I um, mean, it's, as individual episodes. It's like Twin there Peaks: The Return. Really if it was like terrible, pacing or tension. How dare you? Dare you? Dare you? Dare you? Dare you? How dare you? When watched in one go, as one complete, it truly like Twin Peaks: The Return. But terrible. Dinotopia is a four and a half hour film broken into three hour and a half segments. I loved the scene in Dinotopia where Nine Inch Nails performed at a at a tavern. I loved the episode of Dinotopia that opened with a nuclear bomb exploding. But Kevin, that is there to explain how evil entered the universe. Come on. You <laughs> Come hey, listen, on. I'm just glad there's a Struthia Mimus to, to say, hey Justin, how are you today? <laughs> you know, like, I was talking about this with a coworker. If 
Uh, and minor Twin Peaks return spoilers. Uh, but there's a moment in the return where Cooper says, I am the FBI. And I think if heaven exists, it's experiencing that for the first time for all eternity. Because that's such a wonderful moment. Uh, but yeah, there's no... Agent Dale Cooper's Judge Dread moment. Yes. The lack of structure works for Twin Peaks The Return because 25 years after Laura Palmer is dead, uh, that entire town has been so shaken that it is a completely different... It, it's a, it takes on a completely different texture than it did when Laura was still alive. It does not work in anything else Especially a four and a half hour long thing for there not to be a structure. You devils, you fiends, you, you, you don't understand. My heart sank when I learned this was four and a half hours. (laughs) We, you, you knew, you knew it was three one and a half hour episodes. The both of you could have spaced that out over the course of a week. My brain sucks. I have a terrible time with numbers. <laughs> I heard one and a half hour, and I thought three episodes, they're each 30 minutes. Because You cannot contain the mighty, the, the huge, sprawling epic of Dinotopia to three and half hour episodes. In all fairness, as the one who initiated this uh, reptilian madness, let me say, I thought it was just a movie. I grew up on just the movie. See, but I grew up... Uh, so this this aired, I think, over a course of three weeks on ABC at least once, if not twice, like approximately in 2002. Was I it? don't know where it first aired, but I didn't have cable, so I definitely saw it on ABC. So here's my question. Was it three weeks or was it three nights? Because every episode is called Night 1, Night 2, and Night 3. That is an excellent question. That might very well be the case, that it played, say, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Earnestly, Mm -hmm. 2002 was just a little too long ago for me to be able to recall the exact method that Dinotopia entered my eyes uh, as a 10-year-old lad, now almost being a 30-year-old lad. But it it was definitely played in some structure like that. I think you're right. It was like a television event. ABC used to do that a whole bunch. Uh, The Beatles anthology aired on ABC that same way. I think the Thornbirds uh, did it the same way. Roots. Uh, Miniseries used to be a a big summertime thing. uh, And they have gone the way of the dodo. Well, like, f- folks, if you want a great account of how much Disney did not know how to run a TV station, really check out the book Disney Worlds because it grows it goes into it in an almost embarrassing level of detail. Oh, uh, like they never knew what they like. Mike Eisner never knew what he wanted out of a TV station. He just, but that mm. TV production is where he got his start. So he just knew he wanted to run a TV station. Uh, I, 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 I weirdly have something to contribute to this. Um, now, I, I, don't, I think it still exists. There's a channel called ABC Family. It has, uh, it has pivoted. It is now called Freeform. Freeform, okay. Oh, that, oh, that, that, I know what that is. I can recognize what service <laughs> that provides. 
Um, Freeform, why that is the station that brought me such classics as Cloak and Dagger, Secret Life of an American Teenager. I go on, but I I, I can't name so, all the other ABC Family titles I know. So that network used to be owned by Saban, who does the Power yes. Rangers. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it got bought out by Fox. And when it was bought out by Fox, it was called Fox Family. And Fox Family did pretty okay as far as, like, cable networks go. And because it did pretty okay, uh, Mike Eisner saw it, and he's like, all right, I want it. And he bought it from Fox Family. <laughs> His um, eyes rolled over and revealed dollar signs. Yes. I mean, well, <laughs> in, in, in all fairness, that's been, that's become the Disney ethos This is now. true. Uh, and I later mean, let's on, let's not fucking lie to ourselves. It was always the Disney ethos. It's it's been the Disney ethos since that, that's Walt true. himself wanted to build an underground city without cars. How how many? No, actually, wait, shit. How many Disney movies, like Disney productions, are original stories? It it ain't a lot, my man. It ain't. I mean, we're t- okay. I can't think it, of if we are going Bolt? to is Bolt it. <laughs> Meet the Robinsons? Is that a book? The problem is some of these are fucking... Much like Dinotopia, so many of these are based off books that I've that yeah. I've never fucking heard of in my entire life. Well, yeah, like, well, like that. That's what, that's how DreamWorks gets away with it. Most of their stuff is adaptations, but of just such obscure source material, no one can like check them on it. Yes, right. Your um, your Shreks, etc. But just your your uh, over the hedge, your Rise of the Guardians. But just to oh, uh, just to finish what I was saying, um, no. Mike Mike Eisner saw Fox Family, and later on this would get mirrored when Disney would just buy Fox. But Mike Eisner bought Fox Family, and the original plan for Fox Family for the new for the Disney owned Fox Family was it was going to be the hip alternative to ABC, and it was going to be called the XYZ. But Mike Eisner punches. Yeah, I miss that kind of just comically sincere, like thinks it's clever but isn't kind of branding. But here's the and thing: that uh, that TV station was struck by lightning and became Kyle XY. Yes, uh, but here's Sorry. the thing: Mike Eisner and the lawyers for Disney did not read over the contract, and the contract stated that for X amount of years. This channel had to be geared towards families so much so that it had to have family in the name. And they did not overlook that. and Or they overlooked that. And so that's why for so many years it was ABC Family, which is why it was Fox Family before that. Saban stip- stipulated that family had to be in the title. So they bought this channel based on, like, we're going to turn it into the XYZ and then whenever they got it, they realized, oops, we should have looked over the fine print. ABC Michael Family Eisner. it is. <laughs> what is I... the point of executives? <laughs> like, what is the actual point of them if their job is to be right one times out of five? <laughs> just, just picturing Michael Eisner, the smiling face that used to introduce me to Saturday nights of the wonderful world of Disney, just like looking at a stack of scripts on his desk called like wieners and butts and just like dumping them in a shredding machine just like (laughs) pushing them sideways oh oh eisner no but you know you know what's really fucking bleak is that when he was getting ousted so bob Iger could take over 
uh, Mike Eisner worried that that Bob Iger lacked the creative instinct he thought he had. Well, he wasn't wrong. Yeah, Sorry, and now Bob Iger has said the same thing about his successor. Uh, right, I mean, that's what they all say, because every businessman thinks they are the most important businessman, and without them, their business would surely crumble, and then they have to accept that, like, oh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, you left, and Disney did, let's see, fine if not better than they ever did under you, and now you're Mr. Quibby? <laughs> now you're the Quib- you're the Quibby king? Um, In all fairness, uh, DreamWorks did make She-Ra, which is better than most shows Disney has produced in a while. I mean, hey, and DreamWorks, I got nothing against DreamWorks. DreamWorks, uh, when they came out the gate, like they had some, they had some undisputable hits. I mean, like you know, they were oh, working yeah. with Spielberg. Uh, also, speaking of uh, a weird uh, loop that just occurred, uh, and talking about Bob Iger thinking he's creative and all this. Bob Iger uh, was the one who pushed for the reveal of who killed Laura Palmer in the original run of Twin Peaks. And he has... Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And he, in his autobiography, uh, admitted that that was a mistake. I mean, who could have foreseen that revealing the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer in the middle of season two... Not even um, the middle. One third of the way through. (laughs) Jesus. That's... That would be like... If, if I were the brand executive at ABC, let's call me something stupid like Bob Iger, and Lost <laughs> were the biggest television show on the air and was raking in tens of millions of viewers every single week, and I said, mm, we're like three episodes into season two. What if they get off this island? Enough of this <laughs> island business. Now it's about... Uh... <laughs> What if they, well, no, what if they just liked, what if they solved the mystery of the island and then spend, like, five episodes just being on the island and liking being on the island? Well, we solved all the problems of this island. Uh, I guess uh, uh, we're gonna get a suntan, and this in, in this episode, Kate and Juliet get suntans. Oh. Yeah, none of that, none of that drama, none of that mystery yeah. business. People hate mysteries they hate them detective novels are garbage let's uh make our show about nothing (laughs) what if what if uh larry david and jerry seinfeld did pitch a show that was about nothing and it was just lost (laughs) okay may all right I can think of no better time than 30 minutes into an episode about Dynatopia where we have scant <laughs> let's, discussed let's get the off plot the island of, of Dynatopia. Lost and get onto the island of Dynatopia. One and second, guys, please. Just how do one we get se- to the just island? One, <laughs> just, just one second, please. Just one second. Just one, I just need to say one thing. Just one second. Do you remember yesterday when you guys said there's no way this would go four and a half hours? <laughs> I will outlaw it. I, will, I cannot sanction this buffoonery. So... Just, if I may, just, like, one quick thing about Seinfeld. Everyone calls Seinfeld the show about nothing, and that is the stupidest, dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Seinfeld is a show about a stand-up comic and his friends living in New York. It's not a show about nothing. It's got a premise. I don't know what you are all talking. It's it's a four New York friends living and dating in the big city. What more premise is that? I'm sorry. Um, it's literally the premise of Friends. 
Yes! It's the premise of it's a premise of four hundred different shows, but because the show within a show of Seinfeld was pitched as the show about nothing, people attribute that to the show about Seinfeld, which is fucking about something. I just wish the title would have like did a better job of explaining that like this show was like the Chronicles of Seinfeld. If they could have just had a title like The Seinfeld Chronicles or something, I think the show would have worked a little bit better for me. The Seinfeld Years. <laughs> I'm, I'm gl- I wish... I'm glad Kevin got that joke. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I got that joke. I wish the title... The title of Seinfeld is too specific. I wish they had called it like, What's the deal? <laughs> I wish... Here's the thing. I wish instead of a comedian, I wish the character of Seinfeld was like a referee, but for marriages. I wish the I show wait, would have I, Seinfeld been, had, call it the marriage ref, you know? Seinfeld had, Seinfeld had too much plot. I wish it was just a show about Jerry Seinfeld driving around with different <laughs> What? Getting what? coffee. That's a show right there. Enough of this plot. No Kramer. No, I want no writing. Say. It's real. It's real. It's comedians talking shop. I want to call it Seinfeld in car. <laughs> vroom, vroom, beep, beep. I think that's the title we're going to go with. It's called I Have Nothing Better to Do. <laughs> um... What's the deal with girlfriends? They're always in high school talking about math class. Um, so, I wish that Seinfeld had in fact taken its four protagonists and dumped them on some remote island paradise. Let's call it mm, Dinotopia. We're talking about Dinotopia? Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> okay, legitimately though, that's a really good I opened a premise. beer. That was that was the Yeah, joke if there had been if we had gotten to like Seinfeld season 10, I think they would have finally sent them to Dinotopia. <laughs> it happens to every show sooner or later, you know, when you're mm. <laughs> you're you're watching the misadventures of the of the Cheers gang and they do take an island vacation to Dinotopia. Do you guys remember and we'll we'll get to Dinotopia. Um, but yeah, do, you guys, do you guys remember whenever uh, the entire block of shows that were on NBC uh, that same night of Seinfeld, every, they had this like mandate, like every episode would be that take place during like a thunderstorm and like a blackout, a blackout. <laughs> and Seinfeld was like, oh no, we're not doing that. And so two shows took place into a blackout. <laughs> Seinfeld was just a regular episode. And then the fourth show took place in a blackout. <laughs> Is, I I legit would watch a um a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about the production of that of the, of them turning down that order and that's something that NBC would really like stick with for a while they had a Green Week initiative and you could see it like mm-hmm. talked about directly on Thirty Rock yeah. but for like an entire week of NBC programming every episode would have to do something with like environmental consciousness Mm -hmm. coming from a company owned by general electric um (laughs) and and that would happen or or how every year like all the abc sitcoms go to disneyland or disney world uh they always find an excuse what if they went to dinotopia 
what if like the modern family gang had to have their annual episode at Dinotopia? What if 30 Rock had to shoot a Dinotopia special? Hey dinosaur, you're looking at me funny. <laughs> Lemon, there's we can make trade deals with Dinotopia. Lemon. <laughs> and then Sheldon is in the library with Zippo and they're both competing over how much dinosaur knowledge they each know and <laughs> They're both just quietly reading. Mm, yeah, Would watch, yeah, young Sheldon and the gang. <laughs> young Sheldon becomes the mayor of Dinotopia is an arc that I would the boy mayor of Dinotopia. This challenge is for all right, tribes. This challenge is for immunity. <laughs> Survive the flying pterodactyls. The tribe that's the last one standing wins immunity. Worth playing for. I would watch Survivor if, uh, Dinotopia. If noted, if noted conservative thought leader uh, Joe Rogan revived Fear Factor and they went to Dinotopia. A second time. Like, All right, the first challenge, you're going to have to eat this dinosaur shit. I, listen, I would absolutely watch Joe Rogan interview a Brachiosaurus and ask if it's done DMT. Hey, I done DMT. absolutely watch that. Zippo cutting a fat rip off a joint live on the show. <laughs> Zippo shit. just says some dumb shit that gets the ancient library shut down. And then on the Amazing Race, the final three years like Judd and Cord, the two cowboys, Boston Rob and Amber, and then like Zippo and Twenty Six, and just. <laughs> On the Amazing Race, like, Red Team has to, like, you have to find a marker in the world beneath. You have to to figure out a puzzle in the world beneath. (laughs) Guys, those are good shows. Oh, and and wait, I I was talking about Survivor (laughs) earlier. I was talking about, I know I was talking about Survivor earlier, but in the Tribal Council, he holds up the piece of paper, and it's, like, four footprints. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in uh, the footprint language, <laughs> Rob, you're going home. In Sorish. In Sorish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the immunity oh, idol is fucking, a sunstone. Fucking, they're doing the NCAA championship live from fucking Dinotopia, and Don Imus gets in trouble for calling them scalies. <laughs> 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 Oh, God. Nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about. Nobody fucking has watched Dinotopia in a hundred years. In 65 million years, (laughs) no one has watched Dinotopia. There were were three viewers of Dinotopia in this past decade, and they were us for this show. In the last five, and it was Justin twice. (laughs) In the last week, the ratings for Dinotopia tripled. (laughs) They they tripled, and and fucking the Disney execs were like, "There's a there's a dot matrix printout coming out," and they're like, "You gotta see this. We gotta revive Dinotopia. Interest is peak. Three hundred percent rise in viewers, guys." Guys, it's time for a show revival. It's this dot matrix printout, and it's like the footprints, but in ASCII text. <laughs> and it's just, oh my god, we got viewers. Oh, we got one! <laughs> and they, they raise it up. Oh, fuck me, dude. Okay, the, so the plot of Dinotopia yes. is... Okay, let's, let's actually... Although, here's the thing. The beauty of Dinotopia is that it opens with an old woman 
explaining nothing. Okay. And but, then <laughs> two kids and their dads flying hold on, a plane hold on. like just, you do. Does it? Does it? You just you just hold on one fucking goddamn second. You skipped over <laughs> yeah. the best scene in the entire show where this old ass Titanic lady is like writing a letter in footprint speak and she's we're getting the voiceover of what she's writing and it's my favorite subgenre of show where it is otherwise entirely normally spoken but then like 2 minutes into a scene someone says the word dinotopia <laughs> she's like my precious daughter i am leaving you now dinotopia will one day be in your hands <laughs> it's like whoa, whoa. i'm okay, sorry we can this continue this is what we in the industry call a hook it's what we call in media ray in which you start in which you start without really uh, explaining anything to the audience to let mystery develop. You you might think you're accidentally watching like a, a reproduction of like sense and sensibility, and then this lady says Dinotopia, and we're off to the races. That's how they get you. It's which a trick. episode of Masterpiece Theater is this? Oh, are they rerunning like Macbeth? Oh no, Dinotopia. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're 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 hooked. And this, like, uh, old thematic, like, whatever. And then Wishbone comes bounding out of the closet. And you're like, oh, they got me. Yeah, that's what this is. What's your story, Wishbone? <laughs> uh, I, I guess uh, we're going to we're gonna start this. Uh, Dinotopia. More like Dino... Nope. Yeah. Uh, so after the, uh, the elderly woman uh, writing the letter to... Uh, her daughter, or granddaughter, we have uh, two sons and one dad uh, set out on a plane. Um, there's two... Uh, there's, the two uh, brothers, there's two David brothers. Scott and Carl Scott. They have okay. indeed brothers from another mother. Same father, yes. brothers from another mother. David Scott, played by TV's Wentworth Miller, who you might know from Prison Break and The yes. Flash. Princeton's um, uh, uh, own. My... A fucking working actor. He books Wentworth Miller. He books. My my wife, uh, that was the first thing she said when she walked in, was like, hey, it's Prison Break. Uh, the hey, thing... it's uh, Michael Schofield yeah, it, from TV's the, Prison Break. The thing for me, uh, and Justin, you may not recall this. Uh, Kevin, you might. Uh, this mm-hmm. dude looks just like my friend Adam, one of the producers of Pet Turtles. <laughs> um, and uh, so seeing... Hey, Wentworth Miller, handsome man. You know, Absolutely. Wentworth Miller's yeah. a good-looking and... cat. You can watch a great speech he gave about, like, coming out. Like, it's really touching. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good actor. He was the best actor on The Flash as the recurring villain Captain Cold. He was great. He was great. Uh, but, yeah, he looked all, he looks just remarkably like my friend Adam. And Adam's, like, the movie that made Adam fall in love with movies with, was Jurassic Park. So seeing this guy that looks exactly like my friend Adam playing with dinosaurs in a movie, just, like, that was... That's my favorite part of Dinotopia. <laughs> like, Word it just reminded me of my friend. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, there is uh, Wentworth Miller is of course uh, a featured actor on an excellent episode of Buffy where the swim team is turning into fish monsters, and the episode course. ends with the Wentworth Miller fish monster being released into the sea to finally be free. 
Oh, that that's good. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, a, it was a happy ending for the Wentworth Miller fish monster, not for all the other fish monsters that Buffy was forced to defeat. She was she was in a no win situation. It happens. Um, but uh, speaking, uh, it's just a thing that Wentworth Miller does. He ends up in the sea. He, his brother, and his dad. The plane crashes, um, and they, 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 the both the sons uh, escape the plane. But the dad, excellent pilot, cannot work a life. Uh, cannot work a uh, uh, fuck. What is it called? Oh my god! Seatbelt. Seatbelt. He cannot work a seatbelt to save his life. Literally. Well, no, no. Here's the thing. He's used to driving planes without seatbelts. So when they brought in these. Like, you know, bureaucratic laws that required seat belts in the planes. He doesn't know how to operate. Fucking Ralph Nader, man. Every single time. Right? Um, so, the plane crashes because it's a children's movie and it's one that Disney made. They always say, like, the dad is lost. Uh, despite the he's fact that, like... He's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> despite the fact that it's we saw a, a plane go into the ocean, he's lost and, you know, like... It was a plane crash in the middle of the sea, so of course all three people in it survived. <laughs> and, and for the with, record, we don't know. We have no context as to who these people are. No. Why they're flying a plane they're or on a, where they're, they're on, doing it. They're, it's it's a father and his two estranged teenage sons who are, of No, course, they are like post-college kids. No, either Justin. Either in or graduate. Justin, no. I thought that too. And, and I thought also that uh, Marion, the, the woman that they uh, both become infatuated with, I said, surely these people must be 24, 25. And then you look up the plot synopsis of Dinotopia and it says teenage sons. Oh my. <laughs> these these oh. old ass men. <laughs> these craggy these people. These, oh my. These are the raggediest teenagers. These are the seen. most weathered teens in Los Angeles. <laughs> these are some fucking beat up teens. Wow. Uh, but apparently yeah. they are all supposed to be teenagers and that was the biggest shock of the entire show. I, I learned something. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, yeah, I thought they were... Uh, I thought they were, like, our age. I thought they were just, like, in their right. late because, 20s, early 30s. That's, that is obviously what age those actors are. Yes. I guess it does explain why Carl Scott, who's kind of like the bad boy, he's been kicked out of 11 schools, it does explain why he's dressed like the kid brother from Lizzie McGuire. Like, I guess it does. <laughs> It, it checks out, I guess. But what? It, it, what? Are you not a fan of LL Bean vests worn <laughs> every hour of the day? And cargo shorts, and um, <laughs> but yeah. So like, <laughs> this plane crashes in the middle of the sea. Uh, Dad is lost, but the two sons wash up on the shores of an island that we is the is Dinotopia. Well, they don't they don't know it right away. Um, they meet Crabs. Is that his name? His Crab name is Cyrus singular. Crab. Crab. Cyrus Crab, who Cyrus is played Crab. by David Thelewis, uh, and he walks out of a crypt, essentially carrying a sign that says "Bad Guy Do Not Trust." He walks like out of a exploding he, crypt. He blows he up an exploding crypt. dinosaur cave. Like, the cave is shaped like a dinosaur face. Yeah, it's yes. Dinotopia, Justin. Uh, and he, uh, and he so completely he, blows it up. 
he has he's got all the signs. He has a limp. He's balding, but still has a mullet. He is played by David the Lewis. And again, there might as well be a neon sign that says "bad guy" over his head. Yes. I has has in, in all honesty, has David Thewlis ever played a a holy and sincerely good person? Would you count? Remus Lupin from no, the Harry Potter because franchise. He's, no, because, because he is a werewolf. If he's not careful, he becomes an animal that eats children. He becomes um, a werewolf. He becomes a werewolf. It's. I mean, this is probably uh, a moot point, but like, I mean, he he's he, he's a voice. Uh, he's a voice of the lead in Anomalisa, but you know that. Who I would it. argue not a great guy. <laughs> no, he I mean he cheats <laughs> on his wife thirty minutes into the movie, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, he cheats on his wife and cannot see people as other than the same interchangeable face and voice uh, yes. repeated ad nauseum. Not a great guy. He is, um, on Fargo season three, he plays the essence of corruption. So he's prop. uh, let's see, he's Hades in, or Ares, in, Ares in Wonder Woman. In Wonder Woman. Uh, again, not a great guy. Mmm, I'm... Thing, he's he's the lead character in Mike Lee's Naked. Uh, things outlook not so good for David the Lewis playing. Guys, can gentleman. we get the hashtag uh, justice for Thulis going? <laughs> yeah, it is a trash. It is a hashtag that cannot trend because no one can spell this motherfucker's last name. <laughs> T H W. No, thank you, David. You go in the bad guy pile. Uh. Good guys have names like Tom. Cruz. They don't have names like mm. David Thrus. Tom Hanks. Firm American names. Uh, not Odom Shank, Tom Hanks. Um, but yeah, uh, he he comes out of the, the cave um, and it's like just as they said, like typical bad guy thing. I will say like there's a handful of times in this movie where I could earn this series where I could not tell if the if the filmmaking was trying to dupe you into thinking he was good or the filmmaking was just bad. Um, I couldn't tell. There's one one spot in particular that I'm thinking of. But he leads them into a village and immediately, like, as soon as they get to this village, like, all these uh, villagers start running away, screaming. And a, uh, a PlayStation 2 dinosaur... Uh, walks into the into the village and everyone's a guy they just dump the animal the entire animal cry sound library they have yes they this... just give every animal to this yeah one this dinosaur. this is uh stock sound effect the movie there is so many like there is... there's puffin sound effects in this movie <laughs> there is definitely like a moment in dinotopia where they just play like Jungle Monkey Sounds MP3. Yes, yes. Like it's not even like a dinosaur sound. It's just a regular monkey. Yeah. Oh, multiple dinosaurs do the stock lion roar. Yeah, there's absolutely one hundred percent of the budget of this movie went towards the CG, the one Jim Henson puppet, and shooting on location in England. Um, just and, and and here's the thing. As as goofy as the dinosaurs look, like they came out of an episode of Jimmy Neutron, <laughs> for a 2002 made-for-TV movie, 
It's that's, pretty solid. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we're putting this up against its contemporaries, uh, so 2002, what is 2002? Attack of the Clones? The Matrix Reloaded? Like uh, Harry Potter 1? Harry Potter 2 is, is 02. Uh, I would say that, like, oh, and Lord of the Rings 2 Towers, it's, like, all, it's all in the same zone here. I would say that, like, Dinotopia is, like, kind of aggressively in the middle of that list, special yeah. effects-wise. Like, like, they did get the team the, who did the Walking with Dinosaurs series. That was, was the other... We were be- to do the CGI before we were t- before we were recording. I knew there was another dinosaur thing, but I could not think of it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between all those things and this is Attack of the Clones, Lord of the Rings two, all that other. Stuff, those are in movie theaters, and this is on TV. So that's what gives this thing like makes it feel special or whatever, despite the fact that it should not. Um, yeah, it's and there were a number of moments that I noticed while watching this where there were practical dinosaur elements like in the initial t-rex attack of episode one where they're with that bus driver who has a soul patch both below and above his lips he Um, he had a hitler mustache no but it was like a hitler on both sides like it was like a mirrored hitler the butterfly Uh, okay does the the hitler stash only count when there's no other hair on the face yeah, exactly. It was like a it was like a Rorschach of a Hitler mustache because it was like repeated. But there was like so a nice practical, he wanted it twice. And I and I kind of remember this from like when they showed this on TV. They also had like behind Dinotopia, like either in like commercial breaks or whatever. And that was like they had a huge practical T Rex foot that crashed through the, I was the roof say, of that in this uh in this opening village sequence before before they meet marion um there's a, a shot of a dinosaur tail smashing open a uh like a shop yeah. and that's and it's that's like bursting practical. through a, yeah. a shop stall and that is the like one real element and that looked really good. Like, it had good collision because it was like a real-ass dinosaur tail. They were it looked really good, thing, though, except I, for the fact that it had the yeah. Hallmark filter over it. And this whole well, no, but movie... Here's the thing. I guarantee you, those animatronics probably broke down, which is why they wrote the T-Rexes out of the movie. Right. The, the, it's, in episode one, we are setting up hard... Um, the, the T-Rexes are our predominant threat that like the Sunstones are failing and the T-Rexes will dominate us all. And then the T-Rexes do not appear (laughs) again after episode Oh, Kevin, Kevin, hold on. We have have to backtrack a little bit. What's a Sunstone? Well, a Sunstone is a, 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 a natural resource of Dinotopia that they apparently possess the ability to cast a protective veil over cities, villages, and civilizations that can keep the vicious dinosaurs at bay. How does a sunstone differentiate a good dinosaur from a bad dinosaur? Fuck you, that's how. The sunstone knows. The sunstone knows if you a bad dino, it knows if you a good dino. The sunstone Because it's a sunstone. All, all hail the sunstone. All hail the sunstone! But yeah, this this dinosaur is is rampaging, and uh, everyone's freaking out except for the professor. Um, the two the two kids are, are are heroes. They're wanting to leave, but the professor's like, "Just wait a minute," you know. Um, and then out comes 
uh, the the love interest of this movie, uh, Marion. And Marion does a um, a Daniel in the Lion's Den thing with this dinosaur. Turns out the uh, the reason this dinosaur was upset was because his tooth hurt, and she pulled his tooth out. Couldn't he have like talked to someone about that? You know, that couldn't is he have told good someone? Point. Good point. Uh, you would think he just yeah. Why why wasn't he running through that village going ow 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 ow? Uh, and then later like, on, we see yelling, the... Di- like, he should have just said, I need to go to the doctor. He didn't even know to talk to anyone. He could have just gone to the doctor. And later on in the movie, we see that same dinosaur. And he's got, like, a, a giant uh, ribbon around his head and a knot. You know, he's got a, a <laughs> 1950s toothache. Um, he's got a hot water bottle and a thermometer <laughs> sticking out of his mouth. Yes. Uh, he's got a steak over one. He's got a steak mm-hmm, strapped to mm-hmm. his cheek. Um, uh, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. Um, so like Marion and David Thewlis, uh, and everyone else in this movie, uh, with the exception of the, the two leads are very obvious, like British actors and they have the British accents. And then this is a Hallmark production thing. And so like one of the things that super turned me off really early on is like those British actors the Hallmark, the Hallmark production quality, the high fantasy elements. This feels like an edutainment Windows ninety eight computer computer game. <laughs> it, I mean, it just feels like I've it, had those. It feels like Amazon Trail, not Oregon Trail, Amazon Trail. And I know exactly like, where you're floating in the boat down the river in first yes. person, and then it's like the anaconda is a. <laughs> and you talk. And every at the end of every level in the Amazon Trail, there's a medallion with a tiger face that talks to you, uh, yep. and yep. it's got the the FMV, and it's yes, it feels like that, and it's like yeah. If if Jurassic Park is Call of Duty, then Dinotopia is Jumpstart Third Grade. You yeah. know, it's really like <laughs> low-fi educational uh, uh, video game. Knowing it was four and a half hours, knowing it was going to look like this and feel like this, like, <laughs> oh, God. Um, so the two sons, and I, there's going to be a lot of blanks that y'all are going to have to fill in for me, and I apologize. But the two sons and Marion take a bus, which is a brontosaurus, out yeah. to well, Waterfall it's bus in the way Silicon Valley describes it. Which is a very large vehicle that can only carry a very small amount of people. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a Bronto bus. This is some Flintstones shit. The the Bronto looks at the camera and says, "It's a living." <laughs> you uh, think well, they you actually do kind of. They all but say that Brontosauruses do it because it's a living. It's a living. And at one point, uh, the Great Gazoo comes and, and calls our heroes dum-dums. Um, Help, my brontosauruses have unionized. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Slate's very upset. The brontosauruses walk out on the job. Um, Brings in cavemen to bonk him on the head with clubs. Mr. Slate was really a fucking, like, union-busting piece of shit. Oh, like, Absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Slate was a was a monster. The only thing about the Flintstones is because no one wore shoes and no one was a bootlicker. Um, <laughs> right, right. Um, 
So everyone was a hard hat because they wore turtle shells on their heads. Yes, that's exactly uh, right. Uh, so they they go to they're on their way to uh, Waterfall City, um, and they they get so named in... for its thirty seven distinct waterfalls. Yes, everything in this uh, every every single thing in this uh, all the creativity from of Dinotopia is gone once you have to name locations because there's Waterfall City, <laughs> there's Canyon City, all this horseshit. There's shit. the Rainy Basin. Rainy Basin. Dinotopians um, are a practical people. They don't have time for your for your but, rich uh, tapestric names. We don't name them after people because that glorifies people. We name them after the di- dinosaurs. That we must take genuinely care of. have no sense of metaphor. Yes, <laughs> they, exactly. they don't. Most of them don't have abstract thought, which is leads you, to a very pragmatic society. And that's what you killed think, the like, dinosaurs. Twenty six, you know, if twenty six read Huck Finn, do you think it would pick up on like the rich texture of a South that is disappearing? No, no, it would it would grasp like the raft adventure. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, these they're on their way to Waterfall City, and they get trapped in this. Uh, Kevin mentioned it earlier. They get trapped in a village where they're attacked by T-Rexes. Um, plural. Plural. Uh, uh, like three of them. Yes. Um, and they are saved by a character named Unu? Ono? His I name, think it's Uni. His name is O-O-N-O-O. Um, yeah, I think it was I, Unu. It was Unu. I am yeah, Unu, leader of the Skybex Riders. Uh and this is completely unrelated to anything, but if I don't share this story, uh, I will have an aneurysm. Um, Please do. Uh, there was Not Unu. have an aneurysm. Please share yeah, this story. Yes. story, please. Uh, so, Unu was the last name of a Japanese uh, manager that was on World Championship Wrestling. His name was Sonny Ono. Uh, and one time... He was feuding with, uh, or his client, the wrestler he managed, was feuding with a wrestler named Buff Bagwell. And because this was wrestling in the 1990s, at one point Buff Bagwell came out uh, and cut a promo on Sonny Ono in Yellowface. He was dressed as Sonny Ono, and he was in Yellowface. But also because Buff Bagwell's gimmick was that, like, he was hot. He had a hot babe with him. And so... (laughs) Uh, he announced himself to the audience as, hello everyone, I'm Sonny, oh no. And then he pointed at the hot, the hot babe and he says, and this is Sonny, oh yeah. Uh, and also, uh, probably, I'm unre- probably unrelated, but who knows. Uh, World Championship Wrestling, uh, World Championship Wrestling was hit with a class action lawsuit about, uh, uh, due to racial discrimination, and one of the people <laughs> on that class action lawsuit was Sonny Ono. Weird thing. Good for him! Uh, so anyway... Yeah, I they were to... hit by a class action lawsuit by Dinotopia. By Dinotopia. Uh, they, um... <laughs> But uh, Unu, someone or, came out in scale face. Yeah. Uh, and, oh God. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, can I say also, real quick? Oh please. Fake racism in movies. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of anti dinosaur people in and Dinotopia, and they refer to dinosaurs as scalies. Fake only racism. One, I think. Uh, okay, there's one. Well, the, the, the name gets thrown around. Uh, the term scaly gets thrown around a handful of times. Yeah, but it's only Crab who uses it. It's only well, Crab. He's I think a dino racist. I think one of the two kids say it. I think Longhair says it. 
Um, Carl picks it up from from uh, from, the from Crab, and then he says it, and they're like, "Whoa, dude! Yes. Whoa, Whoa, you cannot um, use that word." And I don't want to. I racism is a very real thing. Uh, I don't yes. want to dis- dis- diminish that in any in any uh, facet or anything. But I will say, fake racism and things like this, uh, the terms they use. Uh, and fake racism in like Dinotopia sound w- worse than real racist terms, like vi- like scaly and the worst one being uh, Kevin. You know this, the one from the Caveman series on ABC, oh. uh, which I dare not even speak aloud Wait. as oh. it is so nominally close to. An actual racist term, and it's just, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? Caveman series? The one based on the Geico Caveman series of commercials. <laughs> uh, they which did was a, a show, which was of course adapted into a brief ABC sitcom, ABC, uh, with Nick Kroll as one of the the three primary cavemen. Mm-hmm. Where, of course, throughout the world of cavemen, the cavemen. Uh, when when referenced with a slur, are referred to as maggers. Like Crow Magnon? Yes. Yeah, but M A G G E R S. And somehow, the creators of Cavemen, the producers of Cavemen, the studio that brought you Cavemen, and the Geico Insurance Company all looked at that word and said, sure. The the pilot of of cavemen was about one of the cavemen like being upset because some like person wouldn't let him marry their daughter. Like it's like a human man would not hu- let yes. his daughter marry a caveman. It's, yes, it's like in the Muppets reboot where like Fozzie Bear goes on a date with it, like like has dinner with his girlfriend's parents, and it turns out her, her dad is anti bear. Yeah, and it's like, first off, like, I'm, and I'm not saying like racism shouldn't be talked about. Like, there need there people need to realize what is racist and like how it's terrible and how it's destructive. But mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, maybe like a sitcom inspired by Geico commercials isn't the place for that conversation. Maybe or the, the Muppets. Muppets. Maybe the Muppets isn't. Like, dog, I, this is something that has been uh, sticking in my craw for a long time, but especially, like, recently, where every fucking fictional universe feels the need to create some new form of fantasy racism, where, (laughs) where almost exclusively the people that have racism done on them are white actors playing nominally white characters like oh could you imagine racism happening to these people and Mm -hmm. like it was you know i just watched h bomber guys long review of the the youtube anime ruby where they contrive some fucking form of racism the fucking marvel comics universe and i love the x-men but like that's a clumsy race metaphor Uh, oh no what bias is gene gray going through today right like okay so like i get it when stanley makes the when stanley and jack kirby create the x-men in the 60s the idea is that you're trying to keep teach rich 
Connecticut and upstate New York white kids mm-hmm. about racism in 1962. Like, yes. I, I do kind of get what you're doing there. It's not a perfect metaphor, obviously, mm-hmm. because it is upper crust white kids named Scott. But Just because it's cutting edge doesn't mean it stayed sharp. Right. It, it, it's very good. It, it did not stay sharp. But it's just sticking in my craw that every fucking fa- mud bloods in Harry Potter. Like, they I, all I prefer the slur the can't need. spell. Can't isn't it, uh... Isn't it no X- match. Isn't it an X-Men first class where, like, someone's like, I didn't know you were a mutant. And he's like, they didn't ask, so I didn't tell. And he's in the military. And it's just yeah, like, it was something like that. On, in, like, in, X, in, in, in all fairness, the X Men movies have always bungled that. I mean, the 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 mutant metaphor specifically, because that's the one that I'm most familiar with. Like, grows and changes depending on the societal movement it is beside. So, like in the 80s and 90s, the mutants pivot sort of away from black people and into the uh, gay people specifically, but now the larger LGBT community. And so that's how you get like X2 where, you know, a kid is essentially coming out to his mom and she's like, have you tried not being a mutant? And it's this, 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 it permeates throughout the whole thing. And again, like the X-Men is, you know, my favorite comic books ever, but every fucking fantasy universe feels the need Mm -hmm. to do this. And you just don't have to. You, you just, don't. just don't. Sorry, so, folks. So, it's all good. So, so they meet Mayor Waldo they, they, in uh, they meet, Waterfall City. They meet King Budget Harry Shearer. Um, and <laughs> and uh, I think it's him uh, who gives Marion the Sunstone. And as soon as he gives her the Sunstone, she evolves into Sunflora. Um, the Vern, I was gonna make the same fucking joke, but about Bellossom. Okay, so. I uh. I thought most people knew Bellossom, but Sunflora had the consonant count, so uh, Sunflora right was count. good. Yeah, uh, I, he gives his daughter the the sunstone from the woman who was offering us exposition at the beginning of yes. the woman from the cold open of Dinotopia. Yes. Yeah. Um, at one point during this, um. The way uh, on Amazon Prime or through IMDb TV or whatever it is, uh, the commercials are literally just like dropped in at random. And the very first commercial I got, um, majority of the commercials I got were for fabric softener. Um, And it's like (laughs) it hard cuts to this like bathroom and it kind of looks like a Hallmark thing. So I up until like he starts talking about fabric softener, I thought it was more of Dinotopia. Uh, they don't like fade out to commercials, um, <laughs> but uh, the the two sons, the two kids, while Marion is getting the Sunstone, um, they learn the rules of Dinotopia. Of course, rule number one being don't talk about Dinotopia, and rule number two being don't talk about Dinotopia. I guess they forgot. I guess they shot this thing out of order and they realized that they wanted the long-haired one to fall in love with Marion uh, and they messed it up because in this first part, um, Adam falls in love with Marion and like... It is a love triangle, Vern. Yeah. And like all the best love triangles, at the end, there is no resolution. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, and it just... Nobody ends up with anybody. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I the would say the real love story was the dinos we met along the way. <laughs> yes, uh, I, and I will say like probably long hair ends up with Marion more so than than Adam does. But um, except Marion does end up with someone. She ends up with Zippo. She ends up with Zippo. Uh, she ends up with Zippo. I mean, she saw the tail and she's like, yes, absolutely. I mean, no, um, let, guys, let's be real here. Let's be real here. It's a lavender marriage for Zippo. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Lavender is definitely a friend of Uncle's, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Zippo, Zippo is really, like, light in the loafers, if you're catching my dino drift. Ah, uh, <laughs> Marion is a beard. Okay, gotcha. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Zippo uh, hangs out down at the docks, again, if you are catching my drift. Gotcha. Um, He's a big friend of Dorothy. David, David and Carl end up in Zippo's home when they arrive in Dinotopia. He he is uh, assigned to house them while they're awaiting yeah. their Which, assignments. Oh, and by the way, guys, it, oh, listeners, if we haven't clarified, Zippo's a dinosaur. Zippo is a dinosaur. <laughs> yes. He's, I, don't, I don't know enough about dinosaurs to tell you what kind of dinosaur, but he's like a big, friendly raptor. Like, if a raptor and an ostrich fucked, you have Zippo. He looks like a doofy I think he's raptor. a Struthiomimus. Yeah, sure, which literally means dork. ostrich mimic. If, if oh cool, so oh, raptors sick. raptors are mean looking. This looks like a nice looking raptor. Yeah. This a is like, nice he's like raptor. A, he's constantly microaggressing them. He's he's oh yeah very nice. He speaks in like a pithy little British accent. He's like oh yes, I've heard about you humans for a long time. I'm very curious. Um, and they stay at his nice home, and they see a portrait of Zippo's original human familiar that what? he was assigned with. And Carl goes, whoa, how'd you get such a hottie? Did you fucking hit that, Zippo? Did you fucking get, did you get that tail wet and that sweet human familiar? You know that Zippo's hitting the back walls. Did you crush? Did you crush? <laughs> did you, Zippo, did you smash? Did you get it in? Uh, and Zippo's Zippo ain't like, afraid of no Cretaceous period, let me tell you I'm that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And, and Zippo's all like, oh, oh, heavens, I've never heard such language or what. I mean, yeah, so. Um, yeah, whatever whatever nonsense. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he he's raising, uh, or he's not raising them, but they're, they're living with him. At some point, uh, the two brothers uh, get into a fight over their dad, like, one of them has, I mean, perhaps rightfully so, written off the dad as being dead. The last we dad's s- dead. No, dad's alive. And the they last time we fight about it, yes. I didn't even love dad anyway. Yeah. The last time we saw dad was on the was he was strapped inside of an airplane on the butt bottom floor of the Pacific Ocean. But I don't know, he could have survived. Um, <laughs> and so, like plane crashes, that thing that people famously live. <laughs> From. Yes, Amelia Earhart, Everyone. Buddy Holly, Ke- Kevin, like they're all... your favorite show is entirely about people who survive a plane crash. Except it's a small group of 34 survivors and several on the other side of the island from the tail end of the plane. On a plane of about 200, you have a scant few that survive, and most of them are main characters who survived via fate, who survived via the machinations of destiny. The script oh, and, called oh, for them and, to survive. Wait, hold on. We also uh, failed to mention um, that these two guys are the first uh, arrive- arrivals since the 1940s because Dinotopians know about the start of World War II. Oh, yes. But not but they were- one. 
oh, how did all that business with the Germans end? Yeah, and then and they it's... say we won, but clarify no further. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. clarify where they're from. <laughs> they say we. He's like we won that, and then there was Vietnam. He never mentions anything about a victor there. Uh, I think yeah, he no. He... Well, no, he just says we won, and I guarantee you, just some old Luftwaffe like pilot just quietly pumps his fist. That <laughs> uh, what I'm what I'm thinking is, uh, you know. Given that Dinotopia is nominally in the Pacific, there is a fairly high chance that if someone crashed there from World War II, it was a Japanese pilot. <laughs> so, like, so like maybe, maybe they knew all the wrong shit about World War II. Like, maybe Dinotopia was an Axis power waiting to happen, and they just, they just never got reinforcements. They never got oh off Dinotopia. Uh... But if the war came to Dinotopia, they would, they would beat those stinking yanks back into the sea. That does explain all the kamikaze pterodactyls at the end of part three. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> I, yes, our last visitor told us a little bit about this divine wind business. You know, it would have been very interesting if we had followed up on that thread. You know, it, the, the, the crash lander would have been approximately like 80 some odd years old. Yeah. Potentially, he could still be alive if I'm David and Carl... I gotta ask, hey, do you, like, have that guy around? Like, <laughs> this this World War yeah. II POW? Like, this this MIA? Like, uh, can I meet him? Yeah, it, this... yeah, I, yeah, no, they'd want to meet the one guy most likely to understand their points of reference. There's a lot of things that are more interesting and could be a lot more interesting that never get touched. This is, uh, we came in with the lore, we're sticking with it. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's that would have been more, way more fascinating than some of the things that do happen in this. Uh, at some point, um, after that, after the uh, well, yeah, there was Vietnam too. Um, after that, to a a uh, uh, auditorium full of dinosaurs, um, the two sons get into a fight over their dead dad, and they like they split up, and one of them goes to talk to Professor Crab. To uh, just like I don't know because he's a uh, uh, he's the first person they saw I don't know um, and Professor Crab <laughs> convinces Longhair to uh, steal a book from the Dino Librarian that they're living with st- or from Zippo, which is unthinkable on Dinotopia. Dinotopia yes. is a topia, right? You know, is right. it, it is a kingdom of it's in their creed. Information is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Learning is what is most important. This There's is no guns in Dinotopia. No, yeah, yeah, no guns. Everyone's a vegetarian. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it is, it is it truly fucking shoot me out of a cannon to Dinotopia. It seems fucking na- choice there. Even uh, whenever, everyone is guaranteed employment of even some the, sort. Even at the end, whenever the, all the pterodactyls are picking up people and dropping them in volcanoes, like, I'd rather live there than live here in America. Given everything yeah, no, that's happening right health- now, yeah. like, fucking... Should have taken a right turn at Albuquerque. Send me to fucking Dinotopia. You get... <laughs> they assign you a dinosaur. You get a dinosaur. Yes, uh, you get assigned a dinosaur, and also, and this was something that I missed in, until I read the synopsis, like, when you arrive at Dinotopia, you cannot leave, and you have to, like, you have to join their customs, yes. 
And so that's why I was so confused. It's like, why do they have to take this test? Why do they have to, yeah, like, I didn't they realize. They have to assimilate because yes. there is no escape. Yes. There's no escape. How are they going to f- get back to the mainland? It's a remote island. There's lots of rocks and shit. How are they going to live without DVDs? <laughs> yeah, it's a real, uh, done. despite all of its, like, positive things, it, it is kind of a flat earth society. One of the two sons, and this is, they get into an argument about this as well with the, over the dead dad, but like, one of the two sons, like, he, he chatted up Marion, so he's feeling pretty good about Dinotopia, but the other one is not feeling good about it, and so like, w- uh, the one that looks like my friend Adam, he takes his studies very seriously, the other one doesn't, and then there's like a, a an exam they have to take, or something like that, and Carl, the long hair one, he cheats, and his answer on this exam is lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody. So, so, so they have to write a like a rumination on the Ten Dino Commandments. That's right. And uh, uh, Carl, the long-haired one, uh, yes. r- writes the opening um, soft-spoken screed to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yes. And he's all, and note that he's already shirking his studies because he's teaching Zippo how to play ping pong. Yes, that's that's a thing that, I was going to say it comes up later, but like, they just play ping pong later. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't advance anything, but yes, Zippo and Carl play ping pong, and Zippo is not very good at it, but he likes it. Um, but yeah, Carl shirks his responsibilities and, and, uh, and that's another point of contention, uh, with Adam is that like, you're not taking this seriously, uh, so much so that they get into a fist fight and they fall off a waterfall (laughs) and you'd think, you'd think there'd be higher rails in a location (laughs) called Waterfall City. Yes. Nah, dog, this is Star Wars rules, baby. You're on the edge of a precipitous cliff and there's like a light suggestion of a In a society for animals as well-coordinated as ten-foot-long dinosaurs. You, like, the difference being like, I could see where maybe it might be not safe to walk around in a place called the Death Star, but a place called Dinotopia you'd think have some damn safety rails. Um, but this is how it is. Uh, they fall off a waterfall, and the next scene, there's not ever a scene where everyone's like, where did those two dumb kids go? Like, the next scene, everyone treats it like, well, they're gone forever. <laughs> like, where, are the, where are the first people, new people we've had in 60 years? It's like, there's not a scene, there's not, there's not a scene at all, like, where Zippo's like, all right, I've made chili for the kid, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's vegetarian Vegetarian chili. chili. All right, I've made uh, <laughs> lettuce wraps for the two oh, dumb kids. Boys. Who would like a Buddha bowl? <laughs> yeah. I made chili. Zippo, I, he's lying. I dare say, boys, I've played, I've prepared the game day chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, I've, I've got... made, I've made my favorite. Tiny hot dogs wrapped in bacon with toothpicks stabbed through them. I've, I dare say, boys, I've got the pigs and blankets. Get your quiches in here. The, the 49ers are down in the second half. <laughs> and Zippo Come on gets... boys, the Steelers are on and the Poppers are hot uh, Zippo <laughs> Carl told me about these jalapeno poppers 
instead of buffalo <laughs> wings or pterodactyl wings. It's TGI Fridays, but the T stands for T-Rex. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. ABC, Hallmark, please give us this property. We let will us, not let us, you down. Please. This thing needs a rewrite. Call us. We're the this only people thing. that know the material. Like, Send us, we will make the Disney Plus a Dinotopia revival, please. Please. That's, that's all we're asking. Um, mm. So, the the two kids, they, they fall down a waterfall and like end up in the middle of the jungle, because it's Dinotopia or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Is it Marion who consults the male bird? Terry Joe, Marion and Zippo, they okay. go together. They go and they find a, a a bird that delivers mail, and because it's a Disney property, the mail bird is voiced by a British comedian. Uh, and uh, in the original Lion King, it's Rowan Atkinson, and then for the remake, it's John Oliver. Every once in a while, they'll throw Gilbert Godfrey in to do uh, Iago, and this one it's Terry Jones of Monty Python. Huge bummer that. This was the most recent time I've heard Terry Jones's voice because for the last couple of years of Terry Jones's life, he was incapable of speaking. Huge mm. bummer that he wasted his vocal cords on this fucking bird in Dinotopia. Um, <laughs> he, uh, they, they, they ask uh, Terry Jones to fly down the river and find the two kids. Uh, it's at this point, the bird finds Zippo. And there's a shot of those two talking back and forth. And in the reverse shot of Zippo, it's like, you know, a 16 by 9 frame. It's a it's a large rectangle frame. And Zippo is just this long-necked dinosaur that takes up the center of the frame. And his head space uh, between the top of his head and the top of the frame is like a is like a 20-foot gap. And I at that point, I look over to my to my uh, my left. And I see my two cases of DVDs and Blu-rays. And I realize I'm watching four and a half hours of Dinotopia. And I write in all capital letters on my notes, three lines uh, wide, this sucks. <laughs> At this point, I was just they, they might as well just use a hand puppet for that shot. Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> it's such an ugly shot. And it's such like a... like. God, and it like, will and, be my next profile picture. And it's like just yeah, it's just a ugly, ugly shot. But anyway, uh, the two sons are floating down the river, and they get attacked by alligators, crocodiles. Um, they're ambiguous. And they're dino, dino gators, di- dino the, gators. A, a dinosaur extrapolation of the gator. Yes, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the one that looks like Adam dies. He gets he gets killed. No, I think he what? just ki- I think he just drowns a little bit. I well, he, I think he's lifeless, he... and then Marion touches him, and he comes back to life. Well, that's because Marion is magic. Marion, okay, Vern, you simply must understand that Marion is a hot lady, and in stories yes. like this, uh, if a hot lady touches movies. you, okay, here let, let's look at it this way, shall we? Um, one year before Dinotopia was the movie Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And they cast a woman who looks vaguely enough like Liv Tyler that if you squint, you might be confused. And in that movie, Liv Tyler brings Frodo back to life. 
So they just kind of said, oh, curly-haired, brown-haired women can just bring people back to life. Okay, well, no, you're it, saying Marionette. Just be, it yeah. actually refers more to the long-time sci-fi fantasy trope of since women can't have, like, cool combat powers or, like, are able to lift couches, they instead have Marian magic their party empathy healer. and healing touches. Like, the very exactly, presence exactly. of a woman is calming and rejuvenating. So Marian, Marian is, her, is so pure. Healer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. She, uh, Marion is so pure she can revive life into you because she is, again, a pretty enough lady that yes. she can do anything. But she's poor because she expresses no real sexual interest in neither Carl nor David. So it's like precisely, Zippo, precisely. is Zippo the mage? Zippo is the, I would, what would you say, Justin, like a cleric? Maybe like a wizard because he reads a lot? He's got like a high, a high knowledge I think he's technically stat. a wizard. He's like a yeah. bachelor wizard. Yeah, he's got he's got a high enough knowledge stat uh, that I would I would say it's probably probably a wizard. Uh, Carl is of course a barbarian. Yes, uh, which which leaves David as maybe sort of like a, a oh it, he'd be a he's ranger a because he has a familiar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, okay. Good. We've we've D and D partied Dinotopia. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, it's at that moment. It's at that moment. Unceremoniously, part one ends. Uh, that's the end of part one, and uh, we're on to part two. Um, yeah, <laughs> it just kind of ends. To- just kind of. There's. I mean, I guess technically, like, uh oh, uh, Adam's dead. Uh, but it's just kind of, just kind of hard cuts to credits, and just kind of, it's over. Uh, this, that's the end of part one. Well, no, um, that, that's just further two. part of my theory that this is meant to be a four and a half hour film because the way they end the episodes are so unceremoniously and without yeah. any real conclusion that I, I'll give you that you have to just watch the next episode to have any real sense of like narrative flow. My my only true argument against that is that I feel like the second episode that we're about to talk about does have a very clear narrative through line that is resolved by the end of the 90-minute period. This second episode is about our boys. They separate. They go to their different assignments. They each find their dino familiar. And by the end of the episode, they have either achieved or forsaken their station mm-hmm. you know that that is the through line here because dinotopia you are assigned your your role and and there's this one lady named rosemary and she looks at you and she says you're a butcher you're a tailor uh and and here's your oh, fucking yes. dinosaur the, uh, go nuts the borg queen uh, yeah <laughs> she's a she's the borg queen star trek first contact yeah, uh, uh, old six and nine over here. Um, <laughs> seven of nine wasn't a Borg queen. She's a former Borg. Seven Come of nine. On. You're right. You're right. I I just don't know fucking anything about Star Trek. Um, you're, and you're fine too. Not. You're fine to not. It's it's okay. Uh, if Chris Pine ain't in it, I ain't interested. So we we uh, each of our boys. After communing with the dinosaurs in some real hippie, like, one-with-the-earth shit, 
Communing with the dinosaurs, of course, just involves a bunch of brachiosauruses stomping on the ground real loud. It's, yeah. it's, it's basically if you went to a service and the priest just yelled for like 20 minutes. It is essentially a Pentecostal service for dinosaurs. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's a... Also, there's a weird aside that like Zippo makes Carl tea that makes you live to 150 years. Yeah, and then later on... Uh, someone's tea, like, they get drugged through it. Uh, Longhair does. Like, he yes. gets up to leave the uh, the meditation ceremony. The one, like, the dinosaur you'll get assigned to. And he gets up to leave. He's like, this is bullshit. And he gets up and he mm-hmm. just passes out. So, like, it leads you to believe that the Borg Queen is a heel. But she never does anything heelish after that. She's just, she's just there. Yeah, she is... Her morality, her, her her moral compass is the matriarch moral compass, where mm-hmm. whatever she thinks you need is the morally correct decision. Yeah. If anyone else made her same decisions, they would be morally unjust, but because she is the all-knowing woman, the... the evolutionary form of the pretty woman healer is the pretty woman know-it-all and she is the pretty woman know-it-all and anything she says is correct this is again proof this is a liberal society because this liberal society listens to women yeah they call her matriarch and that Mm -hmm. is like her title that's that's true um yeah so so we all listen to her yeah go ahead Bert. Uh, real quick, do we want to take a break, or do you mind if I step out just to feed my dog? Uh, feed, feed Reagan. You okay. know, make sure that she acknowledges the AIDS crisis. Justin and I uh, will continue on, if that's all right with you, Justin. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, well, then, here's what I'll do. Um, here's what I'll do. If you're okay with, like, spotty audio quality, I'll just carry my Zoom with me. Spotty audio, right. dope delicious. Okay. I say, I say we make it happen. Okay. Um, so, so uh, David, our meek... Uh, shall we say, producer Adam character. Now, you'd think he'd be assigned to, a to like, a hatchery, a nature preserve. No, no, no. He's joining the Dino Air Force. He's going to be one of the Skybex riders under Captain Unu. Whereas Carl, who's kind of the bad boy, he lives on the edge. He the guy is assigned who's explicitly the, good at flying. He is assigned to the hatchery, where he must take care of... Little baby dinosaurs. Don't you see? Their characters are inverted. They're getting uh, not what they, they have want, to find but new dimensions to themselves that they're told they have. They must go beyond themselves, stretch themselves. And, and that is how they will achieve great things. Don't you see? Don't you understand? So I want to make a... a, a a, a quiet a backtrack real quick to when Zippo testifies before Congress. Sure. And so is is Dinotopia having like an energy crisis? Uh, it is having so the sunstones, the the self-perpetuating energy rocks that provide protective shields over Dinotopia are failing all across Dinotopia, essentially an energy crisis. And Zippo proposes that they invade Iraq. I'm sorry, that they go to the world beneath to acquire more sunstones. From, like, Atlantis. From Atlantis, but, like, 
if Atlantis was where all the bad people lived and there was a treaty with Atlantis. Right. So, so, so Zippo... like, are, are T-Rexes, like, sovereign? Do they have sovereign territory? Like, are they conscious like the other dinosaurs are? Or are they just mindless predators? All of the dinosaurs on the other side of the of the moral line with Dinotopia are predicted within this to be just baser instinct beasts. They operate on only the carnal level. I know hunger. I am going to destroy. They are not depicted as having any sovereignty or higher level of thought. Except for the white ones. Except... Well, yeah, the, the albino one is one of the good ones. So, uh, they, that, that is what Zippo proposes. And, of course, this is denied. We don't go down into the world beneath because it'll piss off the T-Rexes, but our T-Rex budget is out, so actually it'll piss off the, the pterodons. <laughs> we, have to in, we, in, we have to introduce a new threat. Uh, let's see, what is it? Two hours into this story? Yes, 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 yes. yes. So that's fine. So so David goes off to Canyon City to join the Ender's Game uh, Pterodactyl Academy. Um, there he meets... He has to a... join the infantry from Starship Troopers. Yeah, it's it's all of that. Uh, and there's, you know, like, he has to learn how to ride the, the <laughs> Skybex, uh, mechanical Skybex simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bucking bull. Available in every honky tonk bar in Dinotopia, there's like a little Skybex <laughs> riding simulator, um, and so so David has to master that and get a pterodon to trust him. The pterodon senses fear. A Skybex and famous and beloved dinosaur, the Skybex. Of we all love the Skybex. We all know what they are. Um, it's all good stuff. So so David. Uh, and an albino Skybex that he will come to call Freefall form a sort of um, partnership at the same time that David forms a sort of partnership with his cute blonde uh, patrol mate who he should just smooch. Enough of this Marion business, just smooch the blonde. Yes, he uh, he he meets uh, Captain Marvel um, and <laughs> is into her. Um uh, also, it's important to note that Marion was not assigned a dinosaur. In the story, it's because she's good at all dinosaurs. In reality, it's because, like, come on, you're the female. We have nothing for you in this movie. Come on, like you can't like, have a job. Like, come on, you're 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 a love interest. That's your role as a female in a story told by Disney. Come on. All um, right. So, like, your job. You know, you are allowed to be cool. Up until the point where the boys have to take over and save the day. Yes, you yeah, can you be can't, cool. You can't be in the climax. No. no, no, no. You can teach the boys how to be in the climax, but you cannot be in the climax. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. At the same time, Carl. Carl! Carl! Um, Carl! Carl! Uh, why'd you do that, Carl? I have the tummy rumblies that only face could satisfy. Um... Llamas with hats, everyone. Uh, A YouTube video from approximately the year Dinotopia came out. Maybe a little bit before. Um. (laughs) Maybe a little bit before. Uh, So Carl's working at the hatchery, and he uh, is assigned to dinosaur number 26, which is an egg. Uh, 26, of course, being 
the number of chapters in The Catcher in the Rye. Guys, I hate John Lennon. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Dinotopia, I'm just I'm just getting a, a weird feeling like I have to go kill John Lennon. And it- something something about his his music whenever he says he doesn't believe in Beatles really upsets me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I just I feel I'm just starting to feel I just there's something about John Lennon that I just don't like. And, and I've just, been talking it's welling up with you. I need to go impress Jodie Foster. Just like real quick. Just like real quick. <laughs> real quick. I'm going to kill John Lennon, but first I am going to have him autograph my copy of Double Fantasy. Uh, I want to get the last one. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yes. Vintage. Uh, uh, and of course it was Double Fantasy, the uh, album that John did. Half him and half Yoko. Uh, so half that album's good. <laughs> so like... <laughs> So like the uh, yeah uh, you mentioned uh, he get he gets gifted an egg. Mary and Adam uh, go to Canyon City. Uh, the professor comes back, uh, and somewhere during the scene, Zippo learns that the professor is a bad guy. He sees an arrow that was pointing at him at the very first scene of the movie. <laughs> Zippo looks up above the eye yes. line and and he, sees the big bad guy. Arrow. He sees a, he sees a neon blinking arrow, and then we see. Uh, just, this is a new sentence. An old man hits a dinosaur with a cane and throws him down a waterfall. Uh, that's in my notes, and that's what happens in Dinotopia. Um, and they did. Well, no, a- no, Vern, Nigel Thulis isn't an old man. It's just Nigel Thulis. Yeah, yeah it's, or David Not, not Thulis, Nigel or, David. His name uh, is David. I think you are confusing him with a Thornberry. <laughs> <laughs> like real quick. They're both dressed the um, same. He's dressed yeah, the same they as both dress yeah. Pretty the same. I like the very low-fi special effect when Zippo is in the, the bag that it is just like probably a human in the bag just like waving <laughs> their hands around. I like that kind of uh, uh, cheapo special effect thing. I yes. it, it was nice. Uh, but yeah, he throws him down a waterfall um, while that's happening, um, Adam is undergoing his his training for the uh, for the Dino Air Force, the uh, the RAF, the Raptor Air Force, and uh, <laughs> and uh, as part of his I'm training, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Uh, as part of his training, he's put on the uh, the, manica- the mechanical bull at Cardinal Village, and he keeps getting thrown off of it, and, uh, and that's like to help him overcome his fear of uh, thi- uh, fear of heights. With the rest of his class, he has to climb a, a mountain and jump a jump a crevice and carve his name into a, a rock. Um, with the rest of the class, it's uh, by the way we we never we neglected to mention it, but um, Ono is teaching this class or Unu or mm-hmm. Unu, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry, we mentioned it, but it was while you were feeding uh, Reagan. Oh, gotcha. it was, okay. it was this, is, this is straw territory. My bad. Uh, so the footprint uh, language done already walked through this this part okay. of the show. Um, he's he's too afraid. Also, like you would think in this utopian society, they would be above carving their name into a rock. You know what I mean? Because it's just like destructive to the environment. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. You're not a Dinotopian, Vern. I'm not a Dinotopian. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, you probably never will be. I guess that's the Dinotopian thing to do. A thing that is said in this uh, miniseries. <laughs> it's um, the Dinotopian times. thing to do. It's the Dinotopian thing to do. Um, it's a Dinotopia thing. Truth, justice, understand. in the Dinotopian way. <laughs> um, but uh, Longhair's egg hatches. 
Uh, and he's he's gifted a baby 26. 26 is a... Elon Musk's first draft of a name. Yes, it's a... It's a, it's a Triceratops later on in the movie, but it doesn't look like a Triceratops in this first part. They um, keep calling it, I think, like an Allosaurus or, or something They call to it that a Chasmosaurus, which is a kind of Triceratops, but they keep saying oh, it's a kind okay. of Hadrosaur, which but is a has, duck bill. Like, later on in the movie, it has that thing that Sarah from The Land Before Time has, that little, like, thing <laughs> behind her head. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, David, at the same time, learns to ride Petrie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, can, you can go pick up your puppet from your local Pizza Hut, your Petrie uh, puppet. Zippo. You could not go to a fucking yard sale without for a find- decade without finding four of those fucking Pizza Hut Petries. <laughs> My sister had two of them. Uh, yep. And uh, and Zippo eats some tree stars. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we have to, uh, unfortunately, the Dinotopia ran out of its budget for sharp tooths, so they had to pivot yeah. really hard. Um, Sorry, uh, everyone. It, it's all good. Uh, there's, uh, David Thewlis' character is missing a leg, so he has a little foot. Um, Which he blames on a carnivore, who are, like, explicitly not part of Dinotopian society. Right, but he's David. He's one of those guys. He's a trickster. David, you can't trust Crab, him. Crab was looking for a reason to be racist. It didn't matter what the dinosaurs <laughs> actually did. You, you know, because you hear these arguments all the time. Is like, why do the dinosaurs burn these stores down? They're just like giving fire to the racist. But like. David the Lewis was going to be racist no matter what the dinosaurs did. So, like, now that the social contract with the carnivores is broken, like, maybe some sores should be burned down, you know? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Dino Target? They have insurance. They'll be fine. Yeah, and also, like, a lot of these uh, Dinotopian buildings are being, like, destroyed by the uh, government of Dinotopia and being blamed. And, like, so, like, the uh, Antifang... Are, are being blamed for it. You know, an anti-fang doesn't even exist. Um, they're they're bussing in dinosaurs from out of town, and and the, those dinosaurs are the one wreaking the havoc, and then they yeah. hop on the bus and they leave. Throwing them onto back of the, the backs of unmarked brontosauruses. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, it, but instead of Portland, it's Port City. Um, uh... Adam, hey, if it's if it's called Port City, I know what I'm gonna find there. All right, none of this chicanery. Don't call it true. Des Moines. Call it Nothing Town, and I know what's there for me. <laughs> call it empty. Yeah, call it empty. Yes. Just um, if you if you called Tallahassee Swampville, like I know what to expect. Yeah, if you just call it like Methville, Meth City, or something. Um, <laughs> like, okay, get it. Yeah, we get. It. We understand now. I wonder. I, uh, there's a lot of, like, whenever I worked at Disney, there's a lot of, like, there's a dinosaur, uh, ride in Animal Kingdom, and Animal Kingdom was the, uh, the, the park that I went to the least, because it closed at, like, one or two, and, like, hell, I was gonna wake up before one or two on a day off in Disney. Why is it closed um, that early? I'm not 100% sure. They would be open for, uh... Extra magic hours, or as Disney cast members refer to it, extra tragic hours. Um, they'd be open later on some nights during the summer. I'm not entirely sure uh, why they'd close so early. Um, 
But I wonder if there's a Dinotopia thing there. I know whenever I was working there, there was still a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids playground. Um, Hell yes! So there was like, That's and there the was still like... the best idea for a playground I've ever heard! It was super cool. It was a lot of fun. Big Epcot, shit! It rules <laughs> and like giant and ants, man. One of the uh, one of the walls Big had bubble. a uh, one of the walls of the animal of the um the honey I shrunk the kids playground had a giant dog nose that like blew air out at you. It's pretty funny. Yes, uh, yes, <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, Fuck and I, yeah, dude. And I think like whenever I still worked there, I worked there in 2010. Like they still had like that attraction with figment. With Eric Idle in it. So, like, they still had some holdovers from old stuff. So, I wonder if there was a Dinotopia thing there whenever I was working there. They Um, they might have... They probably had, like, a walk-around character. Maybe. Um, For, like, a month. You could... Or, like, Zippo was in the Animal Kingdom parade or some shit. Yeah. Um, That probably was... I mean, Dinotopia should be, like, a fucking Galaxy's Edge. Like, you should... That's what it's optimally designed for. Is, like walk around this dino village like they should have done dinotopia instead of the avatar like outpost right or or like autopia or whatever like you it should we should be able to walk around dinotopia uh, i should be able to like go to a booth marked hatchery and then like pick a like dinosaur that i can watch hatch out of an egg and take home yeah like yes a, like a disney like a build a bear yeah. Yes. Like a, a yes! Hatchimal that is a Disney, uh, that is a Build-A-Bear. Yes! The, uh, the Animal Kingdom, the original logo, I don't know if it still is this logo, it had a, uh, like a, a lion, a dinosaur, and like a dragon on it. And originally there was going to be three kingdoms within Animal Kingdom, and there was going to be like the dinosaur land, there was going to be the traditional animal land, and there was going to be the beastly kingdom. And that was going to be animals of lore, so like your unicorns and your dragons and stuff like that. But Animal Kingdom uh, came in through the uh, the Eisner, Eisner administration, and they're like, ah, we're fine, we got two of the three, it's all good. Yeah, well, no, it's, they, they, they really wanted to make Euro Disney work. They sure tried, and uh, France really, like, fought back on that, like, Hell no, you're not going to have a dress code where all the employees look the same. Are you fucking kidding me? And, this is uh, what do you mean the we can't of drink fashion. or smoke on the clock? Yes, and so uh, Disney backed up the big Euro truck, and uh, suddenly France was like, ah, you know what? It's okay. Uh, never mind, as long as the check clears. <laughs> Although I would kill, I would kill to see a classic French strike riot happen at Disneyland. Oh, fuck me, yes. So hard, yes. Like, because the French, like, as evidenced during the the recent, like, Black Lives Matter protests, the French still know how to fucking do it up. Yeah. The the best in the world at civil unrest. Fucking Cinderella gets taken to the guillotine and get her decapitated. Fucking crank that head off. Goofy. Elsa, just the, with the fucking hangman's axe, just fucking just breaking down rules. Absolutely. Rules. I am into it. Uh, and it's like Gaston is leading the charge and is fucking punching people Fuck out. yes. Uh, punching other yes, the yellow and we, vests. And, and companion to Bastille Day is House of Mouse Day or whatever <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> Hell the day yeah. the mouse cried. Rules. <laughs> um, 
So episode three of Dinotopia, honestly, Whoa, not okay. A whole lot right. Uh, not it, a it's whole... episode. It's episode three. Back to the plot. Yes. Back to the plot. Uh, and so, so crab loads the the sunstones have finally failed, and we are fucked. You know, if only our incompetent government had listened to us uh you know we we warned of this day and the day has come crab loads up the boys into his submarine takes them to the underground cave where they can get more sunstones and their dad is just there. This is okay, so first off, the backtrack. I need to First off, this is something. the sound of Kevin being like, "Oh my god, we're actually going to go towards 4 hours. I need to hurry this up." Yes, uh, that is exactly it. It's it's after 9 p.m. Yes. I would um, like to not do this forever. I, I do I do need to say something. This this program does something that baffles me where it does adaptation by being a sequel. Because the whole backstory of, like, Lee Crab's dad and, like, the old Victorian adventurer and all that, that's in the actual book. Oh, I saw that, yeah. yeah. I saw that this was, like, this Dinotopia that we watched. I saw that it was actually, like, book one and two. Yes. Is that, is that, is that accurate? Or is it, like, part of book two? So the books were done by, like, a veteran sci-fi fantasy artist. Uh Uh-huh. Who, who just, you know, drew a whole bunch of cool concept art and then wrote, like, a ba- like a very bare uh, narrative to go with it. Okay. And he published them, and those are the Dinotopians. He's one of the authors that anytime I meet someone who's creative, or they, they, they find out that I'm creative or try to be creative or whatever it is, I say, like, oh, what do you do? And they say, I'm a writer. And I go, oh, what are the thing you're working on? They're like, well, it's a story, but really it's, like, three stories. He's one of those people. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. It's like uh, you're 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 starting with like, oh, it's three stories right off the bat. Well, right, except they're picture books, so there isn't really. It, it's really it's all lore. There's not yes. really a story to any of yes. it. I think that's part of like just why this didn't click. For, I mean, we'll get to our final thoughts at some point soon, but like, I think that's part of why Dinotopia didn't click for me because it's like I'm not a big lore guy. I don't. The backstory doesn't mean anything if it doesn't add to the present. Right. And I'm just not a big lore person. And they do a really bad job connecting the backstory to the present? Yes. It kind of... Like, there is is no real context given to anything. Yeah, it's just... It's it's there and, like, I don't know, it's just... It's not... I don't know, it's just not attractive if it doesn't do anything. If You know, if, like... It was written in the before times that two men would come and they would save our kingdom. You know, like, there's there's nothing that's, like, connected to this whatsoever. I'll do the, the, the Sparknotes version of this. Ono, no, informs, uh, ono informs King Budget Harry Shearer that T-Rexes are attacking. Uh, my second favorite part of this whole thing, Zippo says he hates senators. <laughs> the long-haired kid grows to love 26. They Who end up starts in a... talking in the worst voice. Yes. Um, Carl! Carl! Uh, the professor... Yeah, it grows into the llama from llamas with hats. Yes, it's it a dinosaur in... with hats. Um, Why would you do that, Carl? The, the professor gives Carl a gun. Uh, Carl drops one of the flares into a, a fountain. The three get arrested and they put on, they're put on trial. 
Uh, Zippo is their lawyer. He addresses the uh, the room. He goes, Dello Felicates. Uh, <laughs> Marion convinces... Misa the... propose. Yes. Uh, Marion convinces the king that the two are good. Their rule is unfit for trial because they have to go back to school. 26 gets taken away from the two. Uh, the professor helps them hatch a plan. The two, Marion and Zippo, go to the archives. They find a secret journal... Uh, but the dino cops come after them, and the professor uh, loads a gun. Um, they go on a log flume ride, which I think was like them planning a Disney attraction, but it never got made. Ex- exactly. They, they go on the prototype to the Dinotopia ride. Yes. Um, I, but I think I think you're both being a little too generous to this POV log flume sequence, which I swear to God is ripped directly out of a Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban DVD game. Like, I swear, I swear that if you bought the Dinotopia DVD, this sequence was, would just have, like, arrow keys mapped over it that you would have to hit occasionally. I think the sequence is technically ripped from the Goonies, because they have that whole log flume sequence when they're riding the river down into the caves. Yeah. Um, but it just, it, it, maybe it was just because it was entirely CGI created in a POV that when you played the Sir Cadagan based DVD game on the <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban DVD, uh, that this felt exactly like that. Yes. Anyway, they find the, they take a submarine. There's down a, yeah, the there's cave. a, there's a bad guy reveal of the professor. But he immediately starts being nice to them. So I'm confused. That's another moment where I'm just like, is this clumsy filmmaking or, like, is he duping them? And I wasn't sure. It was it was him duping them. I, but also no, clumsy I filmmaking. Think, I think he's duping them because he sincerely wants to save Dinotopia yes. so he doesn't get eaten by dinosaurs. Yes. Right. He does um, not want to get ate. But he, he builds a submarine. Uh, Captain Marvel comes back. For one scene, I get fucking pissed off because I completely wrote her off in the second section and didn't take any notes. And so I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know anything that she's going to do. I forgot she existed. (laughs) She comes back for one scene, and I'm like, I'm going to be so lost for the podcast. And then she disappears after this one scene. Right, yeah, she doesn't do anything. Um, uh, Marion took her sunstone that the old lady gave to her, Mm -hmm. and she put it in the The heart of the ocean. The the heart heart of the the dinosaur. To the heart of the dinosaur to power the submarine, and the king. And this is where she's she's tell, the king asks for it, and she's like, "Oh, I I put it in the submarine." And the king says, and she says, "I thought it was a dinotopian thing to do." And the king is like, "I hope it was worth these lives." Um, they find the underground. They they uh the submarine passes by the the boat. They don't see dad, uh, but they find dad in an underground city. The dad has this like comedy beard, <laughs> and he's he, been he down looks there like for... Patchy the pirate. Yes, uh, he has the strength to to punch out the professor, but nothing how... after that. How long have they been on Dinotopia? So, so okay, so they sit. So Unu says that Skyback's training takes a hundred days. So that that's how long they were like implied because this is one of those like Empire Strikes Back scenarios where it earnestly could have been two days or 20. It's very unclear mm-hmm. <laughs> how long they have been doing this. 
And well, I think the two look the exact months. same. Like the two boys look the exact same to the entire thing. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, he he's he's been like there's no vegetation or there's anything down in this cave. Um but somehow he survived. How is he still tan after three months? How uh, in a cave did eating he... mollusks? And I, I how think literally he... hand wave how he survives. And I think they... he's like they needed a submarine to get in here and they yes. needed to like hold their breath for minutes at a time to get out. How did he get in here in the first place? Am I well, supposed to believe you know, he Carl was just said like, that their dad could hold his breath longer than anyone they knew. But assumedly, assumedly Carl's dad, if he got into this cave, could also see fucking land. So why wouldn't he hold his breath to the land? Well, he says, like, uh, he says he confused this cave for land. I mean, I guess technically he's right, but, like... It is land, but, like... You would have thought ah. that, like... You would have thought he was, like, oh, catch my breath. All right, well, this is not where I need to be. I guess I'm gonna go look somewhere else, but he's just... He's happy to stay in this cave. Um, the cave a, of Dinosaur Christ. It's a... Yes, it's a... So it's there's a there's a whole cave of sunstones down here, and turns out the sunstone cave is the meteorite that came and supposedly killed the dinosaurs, and Whoa. like the dinosaurs did a Noah's Ark thing to Dinotopia, and they didn't die after all. Okay, no, they did a Super Mario Brothers movie thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You mean starring uh, Carlo Rizzi from The Godfather as Scapelli, uh, the Mario Brothers movie? Um, exactly. At one point, uh, it cuts uh, mine. My my version of this, I watched a, a Geico commercial got dropped in, and it was kids playing Marco Polo in a pool, and the actual Marco Polo was in the pool, and they're like Marco Polo. Marco Polo, and it shows Marco Polo in full outfit, and he's like standing in the pool, and he's like, "See what? What? What do you want?" Like, <laughs> and this was the highlight of your evening. I fucking cackled. I laughed so hard. It's a it's a puffin idea that we would have ran into the ground and overthought. Uh, it was really really <laughs> funny. Um, the uh, professor leaves the two and the dad behind. Um, and, and he takes a bunch of sunstones from the cave. Uh, but they kept the sunstone that was powering the submarine. The one that fit the, the that hole fit the, of the, the submarine. The, the engine hole for the submarine. And so, like, he's trying to find a sunstone in his big bag of sunstones that fit the hole. But he can't. Uh, and then he at one point he drops his gun and it fires a bullet through the windshield of the submarine and he starts taking on water and then the eel from Jolly Roger Bay and Super Mario 64 comes and eats the submarine. Uh, and... Um, the second fish who gets eaten in the Phantom Menace. Yes. Uh, the, the, yeah, the big, uh, the big Jabu There's Jabu always a bigger fish. There's, There's always, always a, bigger, a fish. bigger fish. It's um, the 10th law of Dinotopia. It's the t- one that's half, that's half eroded. <laughs> You, you, you ever hear there's more fish in the sea? Well, there's always a bigger fish in the sea. Um, always a bigger fish. That's why you point, always look for a larger wife. Yes. Uh, and at one point, the two kids and the dad find that flare 
that long hair dropped in the fountain and they're like oh that fountain's connected to this cave let's go swimming and the dad's like uh i'm not gonna swim and they're like you can hold your breath longer than everyone else that's how you survived okay uh and okay uh so they swim back um they find adam's uh, pterodactyl your insistence on never saying their real names is so it's they are David and Carl. I it never got their esoteric. names. I never got their names. <laughs> they said it so often. I never got their names. This movie is like no one. Okay, no one emotes in this movie. Oh, so it's no, so no. hard to like well, pick no, up no, Zippo information. emotes. Zippo, Zippo emotes. And, and who's the one character whose name I knew? Zippo. And that's because he Zippo. emotes. Uh, and also because he's a fucking dinosaur named Zippo. Um, so, like, whatever his name is, they find the pterodactyl. They go back and they find dinosaurs attacking the city. Call him Prison Break or something. Prison Break. Uh, prison Break. Uh, he, he flies to the city. He drops his sunstone. Marion picks it up and she runs up a spiral staircase. She drops a sunstone. Zippo picks it up and he puts it in the torch. And that like casts the uh, the the time block or whatever from Artemis Fowl over the, the town. <laughs> so like, and so that like makes it so that the dinosaurs that are attacking stop attacking. Um, Prison Break gets put back in the Air Force. Uh. Zippo meets the dad at the end, and in this one shot where he meets the dad and the two sons, the dad and the two sons look green screened in. Uh, I guess that was a pickup <laughs> or something. Um, they are uh, the other. Carl is granted con- uh, legal guardianship over twenty six again. Uh, Good, the, he doesn't have to go to dinosaur family court. He doesn't have to go to dinosaur family court, which would be an entertaining sequel. Uh, we get the credits. And I I smile whenever I see that the production designer is a guy named David Byrne, but not Talking Heads David Byrne. Uh, the end credits roll. I am so relieved. Four and a half hours. It only felt like eight and a half hours. That was uh, Dinotopia. That was a Spark Notes version of the episode three. And, and somehow the best thing we've watched for this program so far. That is all right. Boys, we oh. rank it, okay? So so we this is now this is now our fifth entry on the list, right? Previous mm. entry for me. It was cats, then it was Oh god. Scoob Scoob. No, then uh, cats, Sonic. Cats, Sonic, then Scoob. Because Those two are pretty interchangeable. They're both like bl- blandly nothing. Are you Scoob talking about is at least like offensive? Are you <laughs> talking about at least I'm sorry, were you talking chronologically or in terms of your ranking? I was ranking them. Oh, okay, um, I'm sorry. I, I was think, doing it chronologically. I oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Cats, um, Scoob, Sonic, Artemis Fowl. And if we are inserting Dinotopia into my personal ranks, it's number two. It's Cats, Dinotopia, mm. then Scoob. Dinotopia, for all of its faults, for all of its strange misgivings, had character arcs that it set up 
and saw to fruition. And maybe my standards have been fucking incredibly lowered by this show that we do. But Sonic didn't have that. Scoob didn't have that. Artemis Fowl definitely didn't. So, like, by virtue of a baseline level of competence and coherence, Dinotopia is number two. Well, I, th- I think what helps is that Dinotopia has about as much lore as Scoob, Sonic, and Artemis Fowl, but it has four and a half hours to meet it out rather than yeah. condense it. You should have as much lore as your time frame allows. If you mm. have two hours of movie, do not try and put four hours of lore in it. Do two hours of lore, Scoob. I I hear what you guys are saying, but like, at least the other ones looked like a movie, sounded like a movie. Four and a half hours of that Hallmark look is of really... Of TV quality film. Taking that Vaseline and just smearing it across the lens. And, and like... So I heard you like Bloom. Yeah, like... Hope, hey, do you like soft focus? Yeah, like, that Hallmark look, that Hallmark look and that Hallmark acting and that, like, that stock sound effect and everything, like... And maybe it's because I did it all in one day, but, like, four hours of that is a whole lot to stomach. Oh, yeah. I think all in one day was the mistake. I think Mm -hmm. if you had metered it out over a period of perhaps a week or longer, (sighs) you might be more favorable to it. Maybe. You know, I can't speak. Maybe, but also I decided, like, I wrote this sucks in all capital letters (laughs) during the first episode. Um, So, like, I don't know, like, I... I, I hear what you're saying. I just like Scoop, Sonic, Cats, and Artemis Fowl are all bad. Three of those are entertainingly bad, mm-hmm. to a degree, and I I think this is just like bad. I think it's just like kind mm-hmm. of like down the middle. I think the one thing that like sets us apart from the rest of those is that it's four and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. It's a monument of bad. <laughs> sure. Uh and it's, it's an uh, investment of bad, whereas, like, you could accidentally watch all of Scoob because it is short. And it, I could it, accidentally it I could accidentally watch all those other movies that we've watched again. I could accidentally find myself, like, <laughs> someone puts those on. on F- like, I'm at a family reunion, if we can ever go back outside again, and someone, like, turns on FX and one of those four movies are showing... I could find myself accidentally watching them again. Not Maybe watching them closely. Be- <laughs> sure. Maybe it's just because I edit these episodes and I just re-listen to a couple of them that, Vern, I think your nostalgia is showing based on how you felt about those other movies after you just watched them. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not here. I won't tell you your feelings. Your feelings are your feelings. I, I don't know. I just... Um, there, there, there was, there was just some bleak moments during Dinotopia. (laughs) (laughs) You went uh, to some pretty dark places. And I will say, like, I saw your Instagram story. I I, I saw those, I saw those nadirs. Uh, and at one point, at no point, and granted, it could be because of the other things that we've watched at, uh, and this being added onto the pile, but... 
None of the other things that we've watched have made me threaten to quit this show. <laughs> Granted, I was being a That's bitch. Uh, I was just, I was I, just having yeah. a bitchy moment. Uh, you, you definitely were, but it's understandable, which is why um, we will we'll talk about it now. I say we watch good or at least interesting things through the end of 2020. And, you know, I have some stinkers in the back pocket we can revive in the next calendar year. But I think we've earned some good movies yes. through the end of 2020. I'm, I'm good with I, that. I'm good if you want to do, like, six on, six off, or three on, three something off, like or whatever. That. You know, because we've, uh, we've suffered through some fucking garbage since we decided also, to start doing this. And also, I don't want this to become the Bad Movies podcast. And yeah, I don't want to say right. The world doesn't need another one. Yeah. It's movies for babies. Yeah. And and you know, that might one day incorporate the nineteen ninety eight version of Lost in Space, and it almost certainly will. But like for oh. a while, let's watch the Muppet movie. Hell which is yeah. our, our our next movie is is the Muppet movie coming to you sometime in September. Legitimately you get to watch a one of movie. legitimately one of my favorite movies ever made. And there's so much to talk about with the Muppets. Like, mm-hmm. we, uh, I'm very excited uh, that we will be talking about, again, a good <laughs> A good property. For once. Uh, I don't know. We don't often do plugs at the end of this, but if you boys <laughs> have anything you want to talk about, uh, hit it. But it's almost, it's almost 930. Uh, you got four minutes <laughs> to plug. Uh, right now, I got nothing to plug that I'm not already doing with you guys. Uh, yeah. at, <laughs> at some point, uh, Justin and I are writing a movie together. Uh, yes. Whenever I get time to write the first draft, um, I got a meme page at Varnio uh, on Facebook. On Facebook, uh, at Varnio on Facebook, but also at Varnio is how you can find me on all the social media. Um, uh, in October, I'll have something to uh, plug that is a different social media, uh, and uh, I don't know. Uh, Kevin is a podcast, but it's also a YouTube channel. I don't know. You can watch that if you want. The uh, the next puffin, <laughs> the next puffin is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yes. Listen to the next puffin. Um, whenever that uh, you know September first. Uh, so, uh, but I can't think of anything else. Kevin, you got that anything? Sounds good. No, the Dinotopian way rule twelve of Dinotopia says get out while the getting's good, and I say approximately two and a half hours into a review of Dinotopia. <laughs> All the getting is good. Uh, I love you boys, but we've been on Skype for three hours. I jumped into this right after work. I am ready to not think anymore. Yes. (laughs) I told uh, you this could happen. No, it was... We we were two hours under your estimated... Guys, guys, my sunstone is all burnout. (laughs) I am extinct. From Zippo and all of us here at Dinotopia. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> I honestly was surprised we didn't like watch the Flintstones movie. That seemed like more on brand oh, for us. There's but... there's always the future. That's true. That's, that's what true. I'm saying, Vern. We have not run out of time and the John Goodman Flintstones movie Calma is on the horizon. Oh, oh I was hoping we do the Jane Krasinski Flintstones movie. Oh, and and of course, the week of programming where uh, the Flintstones' Viva Rock Vegas took over Hollywood Squares. Of course, that that week of programming as well. 
<laughs> oh please! Oh my god! Yabba dabba doo! Boom boom! Aka laka laka boom! Boom boom! Aka laka boom boom! Boom boom! Aka laka laka boom! Boom boom! Aka laka boom boom! Open the door! Set on the floor! Everybody walk the dinosaur! Open the door! Set on the floor! Everybody walk the dinosaur! Is now that this? Forty million years ago, I lit a cigarette! Built up a monkey's belt to go! The sun was spitting fire! The sky was blue as ice! I felt a little tired, so I washed my 